Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here we are, a second week of July. Uh, the day is the twelfth. The day the chat room died. Twenty twenty two. Your chat room died. Yeah, something. You can see people in there. You can see a few things, but nothing's sending. It's just doing circles. If uh, I ask people what's going on, they probably can't tell you. Can't tell me what's going on. Is it working? I don't know. Anyway, what's new with you? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Okay. I was thinking the market was going to get through to twenty nine thousand. It, it, it has a shot. Big day tomorrow. Lots happening this week. As a matter of fact, this week is, we'll talk about this, but we have CPI coming out tomorrow. We have earnings coming out. Everybody is just so negative. I, I don't think there's anybody that I've seen or heard or read that has anything good to say. <laughs> Nobody has anything good to say, which, which in sometimes is a contrarian indicator. You know, sometimes, most of the most time. time. Yeah. But right now, we're talking ourselves into a recession. We're talking ourselves into a market correction, continuation. We're talking ourselves into just, it's never going to get better. And you just have to wonder what got into people. I, I get it. Putin. Oh, it's, it's, it's his fault. Again. It's our, everything's his fault. It's his fault. Putin's fault. Well, so what do we have? Earnings season begins this week. We have J.P. Morgan. And a few of the banks coming out uh, this week. We'll talk about that uh, tonight. On the 14th, I think, is J.P. Morgan. The Twitter saga continues, or maybe coming to an end. But I think it more likely continues. It keeps it in the news. It has to do everything over the weekend. It's important to make sure we do things after market, market hours, or at least towards the end of market hours. I think it did it the latter part of the day on Friday. said, you know, I'm out done. I don't want to do this anymore. And now Twitter is coming back and suing saying, no, no, that's not how we do this. You said you're buying us. You're buying us. Yeah. Good luck. It's going to be just a lower cost right now. That's what's going to be. I mean, if if it comes in um, at this point, it would think that he's going to save himself a lot of money. The Euro hits parity to the dollar. Yeah. Isn't that, but that happened overnight. It was pretty quick on the way down recently as the reality that they have no cojones in Europe to raise rates. It's almost or do anything for that matter. Well, that's 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 the understatement of the year right there, right? I mean, they're terrible. Lagarde is awful. They, they know how only to spread out free money. They have no idea how to take it back. Even with all the inflation they have, which in some countries in Europe, dwarfs our inflation. It's amazing how uh, this war is affecting certain parts of Europe, particularly Germany. And, and, and the Germany problem. brought this on themselves. They did. How? It's France, too. Just well, late. France to a lesser extent. But, they're just, what, but what, Germany, you know, they, they start shutting down their nuclear plants. They went all green and they're going to say, let's get rid of nuclear, which is a clean energy, except for the waste, which can be dealt with. 
And then they, uh, but meanwhile, they became very dependent on uh, Russia gas. And it's, uh, Stupid. it's a mess. Stupid. It's like the people running that place have, have no common sense. Didn't they think there was something bad going to happen when you allow for a, a, a dictator in a communist country to control 40% of your energy source? I mean, how, well, how does that make any sense? Well, it doesn't make any sense, but then they, uh, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. Abortion pill companies are starting to heat up. The idea that, well, we can't get abortions in this state, but we can get the pills sent to us. And now there's some, yeah. talk, some talk about arresting women that go for abortions in another state. Yeah, they're not going to be able to get away with that. That's ridiculous. It's a commerce clause. There's no way. What are they going to say? Uh, did, you know, and, and does the state have jurisdiction over people in other states? Doesn't no. seem like it. No. So stupid. When it comes to the market, It's legal to rob a bank in Nevada. It's legal. It's, it's legal to legal rob a say. bank in Nevada? Is that what you just let's said? Say, let's just say it is. Oh, okay. And I go to Nevada and rob a bank, and California arrests me for being a bank robber. That doesn't make any sense. The whole thing is ridiculous. I don't know where people get their ideas. Uh, in terms of the markets, oil crushed down 20% since the recent high. Everybody was hysterical. hysterical. Wait, where's the 380 or whatever? 380. Who was that? Uh, Goldman or JP Morgan or somebody's at 380? It was JP Morgan. JP Morgan. 380 is our base case. You know, they use the words like base case. And then cities at 68, which seems more likely, except for the fact that even with the shutdown of, of energy flow and this whole Russian thing, it's amazing that there's a higher, I guess a higher probability or higher, uh, they're looking at the higher probability that a recession is going to slow all this down. Plus, I think, a lot of this has to do with China. It, it 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 ebbs and flows. The price of oil with the shutdowns and the uh, isolation in China when COVID hits. They figure people are just not moving around, and that's a lot of that's a lot of cars and people to move around over there. Yeah, it's probably doing something funny to the economy. So big problems there. German confidence. You know, here's a surprise for you: German consumer confidence hits, hits historic lows today. Yeah, shock. Shock. Shocking. shock. Shocking. The IMF cuts its growth uh, forecast for the U.S. from 29 to 2.3%. So you got that. And uh, tomorrow, big day, we have the inflation number. CPI is coming out tomorrow. Expectations for about 8.5. Now, somewhere today there was a discussion about a leak. The data leaked. Tomorrow's data was out early. Uh expecting 10.5% markets rolled over. But nobody could find any kind of substance to the leak. But it was there. Thinking that it's going to come out very hot because everybody is not only thinking that we're going to a recession, not only thinking that stocks are going to crater, but they also think that every number, because it's been this way, of CPI is going to come above estimates. And this one, they think it's going to be a shocker. Shocker. I just go 8-8. Eight eight. That's not unreasonable. I, no, mean, I think that's what, yeah. It sounds re, it sounds reasonable to me. I mean, it's high. Obviously, eight point eight percent year over year is a high number, but ten point five with the fact that we've seen commodities come down so dramatically, food prices have come down. 
oil price to come down. Now, maybe it's backward looking to a degree, but we've seen some significant drops. I mean, I'm starting to see, so you know that app Zillow, that, that website Zillow for housing prices? Right. I've been getting alerts of price drops on houses. Mm. So what, what kind of alert? Do you, I mean, I, I use Zillow for background research. I never, I don't know how you get an alert from them. So you could set up favorite houses or areas and it will tell you, oh, house went for, uh, for sale, house sold, uh, or price drops. So if a, if a house changes its price from 450000 to four they will be an alert that, hey, your house or this area had a price drop. I mean, they're trying to- What entice area it. are we talking about here? Fort Lauderdale? Fort Lauderdale, East, East Broward. Huh. So I'm starting to see that because everybody's all panicked. It's weird because people are rushing to move to Florida. I think that would cause a cause a uh, an upward spike. But but you know if people are too aggressive in their pricing, they're like, ha, huh, it's hot market. Everybody else says around here is selling for six fifty. I'm going to go for seven ninety, and then yeah. they can't sell for a while, and then they just start dropping their That's prices. Not the way we do it out here. We just under underprice everything and let the bidders take over. Well, that that's has that been going on forever because that's a new phenomenon. No, it's it's been going on for a decade at least. Right. And then it stops. It'll stop every so often. Then the prices are what they are. Mm. But then it, if there's any demand, any demand whatsoever that that goes into play again. I mean, the normal price action on a house is you put the price of a house up for what you think is a fair price plus and expect that they're going to come and negotiate down for you. You have a house up for 500,000, they're going to come at 450. Yeah. And then you work out the details in between. Yeah, that hasn't happened in California for 25 years. Yeah, that that's the normal process. I know. I remember when I was younger that that process was in play and it was made sense. It it, it started this the nuttiness started uh I could actually almost pinpoint it, but I, I had to think about it for a few minutes. Cause I remember when it started doing that because it, it was in the news all the time. Cause everyone was so, Oh, and then you started going to these, uh, <laughs> you, you started going to these different open houses and then they, they you have to grill the real estate agent. What they think, what they think it's going to sell for. Oh, you bring him to the corner go, Hey, listen, I'm kind of serious. What do you really think? Yep. Not anymore. The VIX near 27, which is not too high considering all the things that are going on, the big moves. I mean, we saw gigantic swings in the hundreds of points again today, 1% top to bottom on uh, the Dow, on the NASDAQ. Things, uh, you know, airlines were up today big, big. Cruise lines up big. Why? Why? Yeah. Oil prices. Why? Oil prices dropped like 8% today. Oh, yeah. At one point they were cruising like, by 96, they finished the day towards 94 and change up a little bit in the after hours now. Looks like $93 is the baseline support. Not next stop if it can't get through, uh, get through there is in the 80s. We haven't seen 80s in how long? Well, I don't know. So the airlines are all a flutter. They're all excited. Cruise lines are like, hey, thank God, because that's a big cost for them, of course. And there could be some short covering into earnings due to the uh, due to all this that's coming up. Their earnings. I was at the airport this weekend. 
I was at JFK. And the lines at the security were unimaginable. Crazy, crazy lines, like two-hour lines. Fortunately, I have the trusted traveler, you know, the TSA pre-check, and just scooted right through there. That was a smart move. Yeah, that's always good. You know, you want to hear something interesting. I recently came back from out of the country. And uh, you have to go through the, the customs and immigration, of course, right? So usually what happens, you have a wait on line, you wait on the U.S. citizens line, or, you know, there's various lines you wait on, but the U.S. citizens, and you wait and you wait and you wait, they go through, they look at your thing, they scan it, they look at you, they look at the thing, they look at you, they look at the thing, they, oh, okay, well, yeah, okay, okay, go through, right? You know how that goes? The yeah. new one is I walk up to a machine. I don't know if you've done this lately. I walk up to a machine. Yeah, that's been around that machine for a while, and you stick your head down there, and it takes a picture. Yeah, it, it, three seconds flat, it figured out who I was. It was the fastest thing I've ever seen. I've done it before. This is a global traveler. Yeah. And you just go there, you click the button. Okay, you're checked in. You, you, all you do is then hand the slip. They don't look at anything. You hand the slip to the, uh, T, uh, it's not TSA, but the U.S. Customs and Immigrations official, and you go through. That's it. Done. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick. Smuggler's delight. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything to declare? No. No. Nope, nope, not me. What's that smell? It smells like fish. Nope, not me. Must have been somebody else. So on to some more important items. We have uh, robot fish that are coming out now. So in uh, China, there's these robot fish that they created that will eat microplastics, hoping to one day clean up the world's polluted oceans. So I guess these little robotic fish are going to try to find those turtles with the straws up their nose. Yeah. And then start chomping on those. I guess so. So the this is a black little robot fish. It's irritated by a light, helping it to flap its fins and wiggle its body, which scientists can control the fish using a light to avoid it crashing into other fish or, sh or ships. And, and it, you may say... Was a little fish. How big is this fish? Do we know? I don't think it's very big. It's probably less than, uh, it's probably about eight inches long. Six inches long. Hmm. Now, you may say, got this little fish running in the water like that, right? A little bit of light on it. The other fish is saying, eh, dinner. I'm going to eat that thing. So if, if it's accidentally eaten by another fish, it can be digested without harm as it's made from polyurethane. This is, sounds like nonsense. Fish can digest polyurethane? I don't know. That, not, not that I know of. Maybe they can, or maybe just poop it right out. And the thing goes back to work. And the fish that eat the uh, microplastics? Where does that go? Well, it has to go to some collection place. Yeah, so if the other fish eat it, though, it's just right back in the ocean again. Interesting mm -hmm. idea, but... As they say, I sounds think, like a dubious story. The more you talk about it, well, who's the one that uh, was a Colonel Clink? No, was a uh, stupid Schultz, Sergeant <laughs> Schultz. What does he say? Interesting, but I see nothing. That's yeah, stupid. I know nothing. <laughs> oh, the good old day. Was that Hogan's Heroes? Oh yeah, one of the. You know, they're still playing that on MeTV. They start playing it again, and that is one of the few shows. That shows from the sixties. Yeah. That and Sergeant Bilko. But Bilko doesn't, Bilko, which I think is a great product, but I started watching all these things, just, you know, looking at the way they're produced. 
a bill goes is old fashioned and it was produced by this genius named Nat Hyken who did like two series and then dropped dead, unfortunately, but he did Bilko and he did car 54. Where are you? And that was mostly Catskill Jewish humor car 54. I mean, every cop was some Jewish comedian. It was very funny show, (laughs) but Hogan's heroes is nothing like any of these shows. It is advanced. It would, it, it looks like it was produced yesterday. Huh. It's got better pacing. It's got a, a, a tie, it's got a three story tie in. It's unbelievable how well structured it is. It was like the same kind of pace as mash. Wasn't it? That no, it was uh, mash. I think was slower paced to be honest about huh. it. You know, speaking about Jewish uh, comedians, did I ever tell you the time I met Jackie Mason? I met Jackie Mason too. I met him in the street in Manhattan. Uh, yeah, I saw him in a street in Manhattan, but then I, then I actually stopped and talked with him in Vegas. Ah, nice guy, right? He's just what you think he is a little short, redheaded wise ass. So I walk up to him like, Hey, aren't you Jackie Mason? I was a bit younger. Oh yeah. I know what he'd say to that. He says to me, how do you know me? You know me from the shows? What are you doing? How do you know me? What are you doing? You know me from the Catskills, from the shows that I did over there? Do you do it for the clubs? How do you know me? Jackie Mason. What yeah, a, that would be Jackie Mason. What a character. All right, let's do a housing update here. Americans are canceling deals to buy homes at the highest rate since the start of the COVID pandemic. Now, there was, the last time we talked about this was, it said something like this. Americans are lowering prices on homes at the highest rate since the start of the pandemic. So the share of sale agreements of existing homes canceled in June was just under 15% of all homes that went under contract, is according to Redfin. So that's the highest share since early 2020 when home buyers paused immediately at, oh, just for a brief point, uh, cancellations at that point were 11% one year ago. Now, I've got early 2020, of course, that was when COVID hit. Yeah, we're all going to die. Yeah, right, tomorrow. We're, uh, the highest uh, it, it was now, uh, and uh, they're blaming it on the mortgage rates that have been just you know moving higher and surging inflation, causing many potential home buyers to reconsider their purchases. So we saw that total mortgage application volume fell 6.5% last week compared with the previous week, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Demand hit the lowest level in, wait for it, 22 years. Mm, sunspot cycle. There you are. See, you know the cycles. 22 years, which makes total sense because the the increase, we talk about this a lot, right? Where you go from 4% to 5% is 1% increase, which is a lot, but uh, still doable. When you go from 2% to 6%, that's a whole different realm. Yeah. So is this the next shoe to drop? Is this the housing pro- prices and housing on the chopping block, because it doesn't seem like it's letting up, as you mentioned, in certain areas. But are we going to see all of a sudden this big drop? That will then ripple down to the employment situation, will ripple down to commodity price and copper and lumber. And maybe that's what we're seeing right now. Could be. I would think that housing prices have to come down a bit. I, I just do. And I don't think they ever come down. I mean, they maybe come down a bit, but it's because they're too high. But if they level off, that would be a plus. It would be great if they level off. I mean, if your house dropped 10%, would you be upset? My house has dropped. Well, I had this house forever. So this house has gone through, two, I think, two or three cycles. So it's dropped 10% before. 
Then it goes up 20, you know. I mean, but what I'm saying, do? it's been up 20% over the last year. So it kicks back 10% or 15%. Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Unless you're trying to flip houses. Yeah, right. Um, we got a big move on electric vehicle startup Canoe, which is symbol GoEV, G-O-E-V. Uh, they announced today that Walmart has agreed to buy at least 4,500 of its upcoming electric v- uh, delivery vans. That's pretty big, 4,500. That's a lot. Shares were up 70% in pre-market trading and about 72%. I think they ended 70, right about 70% up during the day. And Walmart has uh, signed a definitive agreement to purchase this as possibly as much as 10,000 of its all-electric lifestyle delivery vehicles. I wonder how much stock Walmart uh, received to do this deal. Ah, good point. Didn't think of that. But probably some. Yeah, probably a lot. Yeah. And in the uh, companies that have been doing very poorly, but yet uh, maybe something's happening, maybe uh, either a turnaround or maybe a complete just implosion. Peloton today your announced. Fr- your favorite. And I'm not a favorite at all. Peloton announced. Have you ever been on a Peloton? No, I've been on stationary bikes. What difference does it make? Well, Peloton's a little bit more complex. Yeah, I know. It does fancy stuff. Okay. You have little dumbbells to hold on to, and you can watch watch all your heart rates. I mean, I have a lot of friends that have it, and they put the, the heart rate halter on, and they put their pulse, and they got all the stuff going on, and they, you know, they go to classes, and the whole time they're just hoping that the instructor calls out their name. John, you're doing great. Man, this is one of your best rides ever. Keep it up, John. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, they should do that with John because that's a pretty common name. Right. So they can catch a lot of people. Oh, that's me. Me, that's me. Uh, Peloton said today that it plans to exit all of its in-house manufacturing and instead it will expand its current relationship with Taiwanese manufacturer Rexon Industrial, hoping to turn the money-losing business around. The uh, CEO Uh said that it's, it's a step for the company to simplify supply chain and fix its cost structure. Yeah, let's go give. Yeah, let's use China. That's so, what. So instead of getting your stuff, as we know, here, by the way, I should, should mention to people if they don't know it, half of those companies in Taiwan outsource all their stuff to China. I don't understand how that helps their supply chain, unless it's just one more. One it less doesn't stop. sound like it helps it at all. It sounds like bull crap. Well, if if they're currently getting the goods from China or somewhere and bringing it here and manufacturing it here. And then they have to wait for the parts. So it's two stops versus, no, but then they got to assemble it there and ship it here anyway. Yeah. What's the difference? Zero. And where is the hell and damnation to the company for taking away U.S. jobs? Where is that? Well, if we had a different president, you'd be hearing it all the time. Yeah. They're going to be we're putting a stop to that right now. So they're going to, they believe it's going to, uh, with other initiatives, uh, enable us to continue reducing the cash burden on the business, increase our flexibility. None of this I understand. I, I just don't understand how that. Cheaper labor. Hello. So that's the only thing. Cheaper labor. I don't understand the supply chain issue. Uh, I, I don't. Some of the, I, I get that it will cost them less. So all of this is probably 
a lot of a lot of talk. Yeah, well, there's buzzwords out there. You got to put them in these press releases. Right. Supply chain's one of them. Let's put that in there. Yeah, and they, and they're doing a turnaround, and it's going to reduce yeah. costs. So this is all about technically just bringing down the costs of the manufacturing from U.S. based, where they have good working conditions. Pension plans, health insurance, personal time off, and all that other good stuff to sweatshops in Taiwan. Is that pretty much the summation here? Well, probably sweatshops in uh, China. In China. Uh, managed by Taiwan companies. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was the telling only you. Thing, they did leave one. One. I thought they could have added a. Uh, what? Another buzz term in there. What? Chopsticks? Blockchain. Oh. They're gonna they're gonna manage the business through the blockchain, and yes, sell their go. and sell their bicycles through the NFT protocols. Ah, yeah, you got it. Uh, something's wrong with the airline. I told you I was in the airport and I saw all these crazy lines. Uh, by the way, before I, I was going to Montauk, Long Island, which is the tip of Long Island on the South Shore. Furthest point out on on, on New York. Next stop, England. And, uh, well, actually, next up would be Rhode Island if you kind of buzz north a little bit. But straight straight east is going to be England. Well, the night before, at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I had an early flight the next day. I get a an email. Sorry, your flight has been canceled. So we had to f- scramble and rebook the next morning from Miami instead of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, on, uh, what are we on? I think we're on, I think we're on Spirit. Took JetBlue home. But uh, it's unbelievable what's going on at these airports. Now, in London, the Heathrow, as I say, the Heathrow Airport, said it would cap the number of departing passengers at 100,000 a day this summer to try to limit travel disruptions as it struggles to cope with a rebound in demand. I'm still not understanding. This has now become... We are busier in the airports than we were, or is this because of the air traffic controllers? The problem—it's oh, it's a combination of the lack of pilots that were that all quit because they wouldn't get the vaccine, a stewardesses who quit because they wouldn't get the vaccine. They were all doing something else, uh, and people just normally retiring. And then also the air traffic controllers have a lot of guys who quit because they wouldn't take the vaccine. They brought it on themselves, the way I see it. And uh, you know they got all these these issues and they can't seem to resolve them. They can't resolve them instantly. Well, the, the airport, which is the busiest in, in, in Britain, has already responded to a government appeal to cut capacity. But Heathrow said, you know, we need to go further. It said that airlines, baggage handlers and all the airport could collectively serve about 100,000 departing passengers, a number that has regularly been exceeded in recent weeks, resulting in unacceptable levels of service. Mm. Well, yeah, you no, got at least did the math. Right. So. You can also leave England out of Gatwick, which is not a bad idea. My favorite lounge, it could be the world. It's, it's mm, could be the world is is the Virgin Atlantic, the Virgin Airlines uh, lounge at Heathrow. That's something. Did I tell you about that? No, I'm all ears. Oh, so flew into uh, Heathrow on my way to I think it was Egypt uh, last year, and. Uh, or maybe it was two years ago, whatever the date was. And uh, I, I was kind of uh, ready to go. We had an eight-hour layover. Yes, it had to be a few years ago. It wasn't last year. No, not last year? 
No, because you wouldn't be able to get out of the country or anything. It would be terrible. It right. had to be a year before right. that. Okay, so yeah, a year before that. Whatever the, whatever the last point that you could get out of here. So I I have an eight-hour layover in, in London. I decided I'm going to do a food tour, naturally, in uh, the East End by Spitfield. Spitfield. Uh, wonderful food tour. Just fabulous, fabulous food tour. Get back a few hours later. I'm hot. I'm, uh, I'm like, ugh. I'm thinking... I never take a shower in the lounges because they're, yeah, who wants to shower in an airport lounge, right? I said, you know what? Let me go over. This is a beautiful place. They got three kinds of Nova locks. They got drinks. They got, it's a big, giant place. Food everywhere, soups, crazy service. It's, it's, it's like one of the best restaurants you ever saw. I go and I go over. I said, you know, do you mind if I take a look at your showers? They're like, sure, certainly. I walk in. I'm like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. It's like all black marble. It's fantastic. They're like, sir, would you like me to get you a robe? I'm like, sure. I'll take the robe. Take the shower. As I get out of the shower, I said, you know, by the way, you're also entitled as a um, uh, flying the upper class on version for another service. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Well, if you want to get a haircut, you want to get a facial, you want to get a shave, you want to get a manicure. I'm like, really? All right. Uh, I, what I do? I think I took the facial. I had the facial. Uh. So... <laughs> Well, this was quite, quite the most fantastic lounge you've ever seen. Giant prawns, uh. unbelievable. Then I felt nice and refreshed. I got on the plane, in the the, the uh, version, and uh, flew for the next six hours somewhere. It was lovely. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. And if you want to go to Gatwick, if you land there, they'll take you on by scooter. They'll take you over to Gatwick. So pretty good. It's a long haul. Yeah. All right. So what do we have for uh, the markets? Looking ahead, we have the banks, the banks this week. So we're setting up for, it's it's being set up for disappointment. There's, there's no question about this, where you have every analyst saying it's going to be bad. Listen to these numbers, okay? So second quarter profits by U.S. banks are expected to fall sharply from last year, a year ago. On increased loan loss reserves, as the pandemic recovery gives way to a possible recession. Now, if you recall, during the pandemic, banks freaked out, naturally. You know, nobody's doing anything. Everybody's staying home. Nobody's spending money. And uh, there was a big concern that all these people would be out of work, as you see in very deep recession, depression-style times. And they put just heaps of money aside for loan loss provisions. So when it all comes to push comes to shove, what they do is, they write it off as a one-time blah, 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 blah. You know, banks have very creative ways of doing their finances. Well, that never materialized because we had all the stimulus pumped in. So all of a sudden, the bank profits ballooned. Why? They released all these loan loss reserves. We talked about this on the show. We talked about the, the profitability yeah. of the banks. Yes, yeah, the way they do it. So now all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're starting to put money aside again because they're concerned about houses going into foreclosure potentially, people not paying on their cars, credit cards, you know, all the things that go along with a recession. Now, analysts are expecting J.P. Morgan Chase, which will report on the 14th, which is a couple of days from now, to report a 25% drop in profit on Thursday. Citigroup's going to be, uh, Citigroup and Wells Fargo are going to show a 38 and a 42% profit decline, respectively. And that's on Friday. 42% from a year ago. And nothing's even happened yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Like, yeah. nobody's out of work. People are still spending. They're still buying cars and houses and boats and things and going and doing. They're, they're spending so much money that you, you got to cut down on your airport departures. But the banks are going to show a 42% profit decline for Wells Fargo. Bank of America, yeah. which has a big consumer and business lending franchise, expected to show a 29% drop in profit when it reports on the 18th. And it stems from lenders adding to the reserves for expected loan losses, a reversal from last year early when they, again, reduced those cushions in anticipation of things just going swimmingly well. So what's going to happen is that if we could theoretically strip out the loan loss reserves and the release, just take that out. That's what we need to look at when it comes to the banks to see how they're doing. And I will tell you, that I think that there are problems in certain banks. J.P. Morgan's Goldman probably going to see a slowdown in new issues, IPOs, M&A, um, bond issu issuance, because nobody's refinancing their bonds, right? Companies aren't refinancing. People are not refinancing their mortgages. We know that. So that's a big issue. But I think this big move to increase their loan loss provisions, which is structurally sound from a financial standpoint, you want banks doing that. And, and, and also, by the way, about a week and a half ago, the Fed did their regular stress test and put very um, significant stress on the banks, put them through the ringers as, as they do, and everybody passed with flying colors. This is wow, only like two what weeks a shocker. Ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. So I think the banks are being set up for massive disappointment, and I do believe that—I don't mean to be on the other side of this— that maybe there's too much negativity in some of this, and there may be some opportunity there. Well, from the looks of some of these stocks, I'd say there's lots of opportunity. Yep, yep. And then especially if we see that the yield curve starts to straighten out, or not straighten out, but get normalized. Straighten out is not right. It's normalizing. Because one of the things that we've seen is the Fed is starting to change their tune ever so slightly already. Two of the Federal Reserve's most vocal hawks. Now, a hawk, for those listening that don't know what that means, is two types of, um, of we'll call it Fed officials that we look at when it comes to their outlook for interest rates. There's hawks and there's doves. A hawk is someone that says, and the Fed says, you know what, we need to increase rates, like Bullard. Bullard has been uh, a, a really very strong hawk lately saying we need to increase, 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 and don't stop increasing. Where we have like a cash carry who's been an eternal dove. And, you know, it's like, oh, we don't need to raise as much. Although lately it should be zero. Yeah. Zero forever. So two of the Federal Reserve most vocal hawks said they would support another 75 basis point interest rate hike later this month, but downshift to a slower pace afterward, even as they both downplayed the risk of higher borrowing costs Pushing into you know pushing us into a recession, so Bullard also said that a seventy five base point hike is going to be uh, make a lot of sense at the June twenty sixth to twenty seventh meeting, and that will leave the policy into the two point two to two point five percent rate where it stands at that point, about a percentage point short of the three and a half percent, which he said, and he continues to advocate for having that by the end of the year. So 
I think we're starting to see signs that the Fed is thinking, you know what? The reality is this. Interest rate changes and monetary policy changes take months and months and months to make its way through the economy. Even if they, on day one, jack the prices from 0 to 2%, markets will not be happy. But the economy does nothing for a while. People that were buying houses are still buying houses, are still fixing up their houses. Nothing happens. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, it takes forever. It takes forever. And this, it's like th- driving to Queen Mary. Yeah, exactly. Jerk the, the the steering device over as far to the right as you want, and it's not going to turn on a dime. And what, what the Fed is doing lately is pushing us so fast and so um, so so um, so high so fast that they're not leaving room for letting us see what happens. Letting the cake bake a little bit. They keep opening the door saying, nope, it's not done. Turn the heat up. Yeah, ain't cooking if you're looking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should we talk about Twitter? Okay, one of the things about Twitter that's interesting is that, um, now here's something interesting. I was thinking about this. So now Elon says, ah, deal's off, right? Twitter's saying, oh, no, it's not. Whatever's going to happen here, what's interesting is that due to the way this was going down, Elon sold a ton of shares under the guise that he needed to raise cash in order to buy Twitter. $8.5 billion of cash raised from selling shares in Tesla uh, in late April. Now, I don't know. Maybe. Is it possible this whole thing was a giant ruse? So he could dump some Tesla shares yep. without looking fishy because uh-huh. he knows something's coming uh-huh. up that's not going to be good. Correct the mundo. I wouldn't put it past him. He sold at an average price of eight eighty five. Yeah. So what is it now? Six ninety five. Yep. Somewhere right around there. Two hundred points. Huge, huge difference. So even if he has to buy it, maybe at a lower price, he made tons of money on the sale of uh, Tesla. Now, I had to pay tax on that, of course, but still. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm, yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't put it past him. The guy who who had kids with his, I don't know, was his assistant or someone that he worked with? He has like a bunch of kids. Yeah, twins. <laughs> and now he said he's, he tweeted after people found out about it, just helping the world population issue. Well, that would have been frowned upon in the 70s. Mm-hmm. The population bomb book being a bestseller. Yep. Speaking about places where there's having problems with uh, the population, an aging population and uh, and slowing growth of overall people is Japan. What happened with Shinzo Abe this weekend? Yeah. Shinzo Abe, who is the prime minister of Japan, I think he's one of the longest run, running prime ministers. I think he is, he is the. The longest running. He was shot. What a living yeah, shot by a, by a handmade shotgun. How weird is that, too? And because this gent said that his mother was screwed out of her money by some kind of church. Well, it's, no, it's from the uh, Moonies, the Unification Church. And, and that was, and he was a member. Abby, the Abby's, no one can document that he, Abby was a member, but his grandfather was for sure. And I think some of these got some connection to the church and he's had meetings with, uh, with the church. So 
Now, I don't know. In the U.S., could somebody get that close to the president or an ex-president? Uh, yeah, I think, well, people can get close because they're shaking his hand sometimes. I don't know if they can get that close, you know, with a sh- double barrel shotgun in their pocket, but okay. Hmm. This is the, uh, the gent who came up with abonom- abonomics, the three yeah. hour, Ab- arrows in the quiver. Yeah. Yeah, three hours in the quiver that never worked. Economics, it's uh, like Trumpnomics. Yep, exactly. Uh, Celsius, a quick follow-up on Celsius, the crypto company, accused of fraud in a Ponzi scheme. Another platform. Well, you must, if you're going to be accused of one, you might as well do both. Yeah. Is there a difference? I don't know. One's a different kind of, Ponzi's just a kind of fraud. Uh, another platform, Vold, V-A-U-L-D, pauses withdrawals. They also have a nice website, though, so why not give them money? <laughs> Uh, let's see, Europe on high alert, high alert, Russia tempor- temporarily, quote unquote, in quotes, bold, temporarily has halted gas flows. Yeah. Why? And why did they do that? Well, they're trying to fix the Nord Stream. Uh, do some they, they're not getting paid. That's why. Well, there you go. But they they're say. Not there to give gas away. It's under the guise that they're doing scheduled maintenance. Okay. They get 55 billion cubic meters of gas per year through this, through the pipeline, the Nord Stream 1. And the EU receives 40% of its natural gas via the Russian pipelines. And And they're going crazily trying to reduce their reliance on Russian hydrocarbons in response to all this. So I don't know where they're going to get that from. Yeah, that's not the kind of thing you can do overnight. Yeah, it's going to be a cold winter. Well, you can if you want to freeze to death and also uh, ruin your economy. That will happen. That, that's one of the reasons they can't really raise rates either. They can't try to slow their economy down because things are. Th- th- some of this is artificial inflation that's going on there. It's very bad. Very bad. Uh, more, more Europe bailouts, bailouts, bailouts. Germany's government will have the power now to take stakes in utilities and impose emergency levies on consumer uh, on consumers under proposed legal action now under discussion. So they're, they're, they're scrambling to deal with the impact of soaring electricity prices and um, the, warm, the warning of a, a layman effect as suppliers face soaring costs to meet obligations to consumers. These, these, these energy companies are going to go under so now, this is now what they're going to do is name one. I don't know German German Power and Light. I don't know, you know Berlin Electric. You should put these on the sh- on the game. I don't even know if there's such a thing. I'm just making these up. I know but, there's not, but I'm just saying we should find out what these are. Yeah, but they're gonna but they're gonna they're gonna take stakes in them. So how does? Oh, okay. So nothing bad can happen. How 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 if they take stakes in them? This is sound like abinomics again. That's what he used to. He's the one who had the government buying bonds and you know corporate bonds and ET he buy ETFs in the open market. Oh, ETFs. He went ETF nuts. Yeah, like forty yeah. percent of the ETFs are owned by the government, the Bank of Japan. Yeah, <laughs> nuts. That's a good one. Now you remember a guy named Ron Johnson? No, he was not a porn star. Ron I do Johnson. remember Ron Johnson. Uh-huh. 
He was he the J.C. Penney's guy. He was the he was the guy. Remember, he was like he. No, knew. he's the guy who kept getting the save the case. He's gonna do this. Gonna do that. He's gonna spiffy up the store. He's gonna do this. Gonna do that. You go to a J.C. Penney's. Nothing changed. Nothing changed, and it went. Down I think he's team. isn't he the guy who pulled the plug on all the discount coupons yes. and stuff, which is actually what made J.C. Penney's work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a, he's a doofus. Yeah, so this guy, uh, of course, these guys always get another shot. They're, they're, they're just a name out there. They're shaking hands at a party and says, I have an idea. And Silicon Valley then funds them, right? Yep, that's the way it works. So uh, Enjoy Technology, which is Silicon Valley retail led by former Apple Inc. and JCPenney executive Ron Johnson, filed for bankruptcy protection on Thursday. I never even heard of this company, and they're already broke. Yep, they were out by you, too. Fewer than nine months after going public through a SPAC. It was founded no, in 2014. SPAC. And Enjoy operates what it calls mobile retail stores that lets customers buy smartphones and other technology that they can set up at home. Don't they call that an Apple store or Best yeah. Buy? Or Amazon, for that matter. Or AT&T? I have a great idea. Let's open up a store that people can buy smartphones from. Wow. There's <laughs> something. I mean... Out of business. Uh, let's see here. Uh, South Korea, consumer prices rose more than expected in June, the fastest pace in 24 years. You know, you can't get certain beers from South Korea anymore. Like, like what? So they have Height, H-I-T-E, and they have another one too. But I was at a Korean restaurant uh, not too long ago. I'm like, I'll have the, the Height and I'll have a soju. Like, I'm sorry, you can't get that. I'm like, what do you mean? We can't get the beers. I said, what's happening? What about what's going on? And they said, can't even get them in South Korea. There's like some shutdown of, of a lot of the Korean beer joints, which seems ludicrous to me because they're not shy about their drinking over there. Huh. Yep. Well, they have to drink a lot of beer over there because they take so many of those little energy drinks. Those five-hour, five-hour energy things? No, there's, some, there's their own in-house stuff. It's stuff the Koreans have all these energy drinks and there's different brands and there's, and they're very small. They're about, and they got a, a screw off top and they're similar. It seems to me to the five hour ones, but these are always usually refrigerated and they're pretty tasty. What, what's in you're them? Drinking these things like there's no tomorrow. What, what's inside? Just like amphetamines or something? I don't know. I have a, I always usually have some around. I should read it. Just a bunch of crazy herbs and stuff and you, probably some, you, you have know, some amphetamine, around? amphetamine, dextroamphetamine. That's interesting. You, what, you happen know. to have one in front of you? No, I don't have one in front of me. I do have one in the closet somewhere. Hmm. But you're looking it up online. No, I'm not looking it up at all. Then I'm what did you say dextroamphetamine for? I'm just saying that's why they need to be drinking uh, the beers to counteract all this, all these jack-you-up drugs. So you were, you, were, you were coming off the top of your head that there's some speed inside of these things. No, well, I was just suggesting there's some sort of... Yes, that's what I was saying. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, let's see what else we got. The abortion pill, Perigo, said on Monday that uh, its HRA Pharma unit has asked the uh, U.S. Food and Drug Administration to approve a daily birth control pill for over-the-counter sale. The first such request for this type of contraception. It's only available for prescription right now and sold under the brand Opil. O-pill. O-pill? O-pill. O-P-I-L-L. O-pill. Hey, did you take your O-pill? Yeah, the O-pill. So, 
What's, What's the price of this stock? Should we be putting this on the game? This sounds like a company you'd want to put some money in. There's a few of these Vanda Pharmaceuticals. I don't think Perigo, let's see, P, I think it's P-R-G-O is the symbol, I think. Yeah, it's down, it's 41 bucks. Let's see where it's been. Is it, uh, it's, uh, it's at a year-to-date, year-to-date high, one year. It's down uh, 9%. Year-to-date is up 6.4%. It was as low as 34 in, uh, let's see when this was. 32. Well, it can't, it's not going to go down. Company like this, even if they don't get the FDA approval, approval for over-the-counter, this has got to be a hot a hot ticket for the next couple of years I until people so. figure out what's going on. Founded in 1887, headquarters in Dublin. I believe this is one of the companies that did the, what was that called? Do you remember when companies left the U.S., the reverse mergers? They went outside the the U.S. to Ireland in particular? Oh, yes, because you can get the tax breaks galore in I think Ireland. this is one of the first companies that did that. Oh, huh. if they're somehow ringing a bell, PRGO, hold that, hold that thought. You got that. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, hey, thanks for the donations from everybody the last few weeks. And by the way, if you want the chat room fixed, maybe uh, some more donations are due. Yeah, <laughs> we're, somebody's getting we're gonna have to pay for that. that. <laughs> we're gonna have to pay for that. So go over to DH Unplugged anywhere on the site, dhunplugged.com. You go to this episode, show notes on episode number 614, or you can go over. Uh, on the chat, which uh, for those of you that are on the chat and not chatting, at least I can't see your chat, uh, you can click the donate button and, uh, you know, please, please give. The fact is that uh, this is uh, important. That's what keeps the show running is people like you. Good people like you keep the show running. Thank you so much for your help on that. We had a couple of limericks and, 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 and uh, I have a problem with one of them because I can't even pronounce one of the words and i think it's because it has some this has something to do with no agenda yeah there's a lot of no agenda stuff here in this this second one by justin right so maybe i'm going to give that to you to read well what's the word you can't read the one that says pronunciate oh pronounce pronounce so pronounce yeah. i don't know what that means i guess it's obviously a I'm sure it's there is a declare. Who is it? Declare. Oh. Declare. Yeah. All right. First one's from this is a crypto limerick. This first one's from Michael Trotter. The price of Luna went so high. Bad bad investors all said, Oh my. They invested their cash, got destroyed by the crash, and then they all started to cry. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's just I mean, it's got structurally is fine. But it has no, uh, it's not. No punch. It's got no punch. That's exactly it. I give it a C. All right. Mike, sorry about that. Justin, who believes that you're going to hate this, by the way. He didn't put that aside. Here's the, I'm going to, I'm not going to pronounce it. He fancies crypto a dud. All jitty for candles a blood. Please allow me to pronounce the Sir Buzzkill of the FUD. Yeah. I don't know. It's another, uh, seems to, I mean, it's structured more, you know, creatively than the first one. Uh, but it's, I don't know what the point of it is. Okay. So is that about me? I'm Sir Buzzkill. It was because I'm Buzzkill's my nickname on the other show. I think of so. the fear and uncertainty and doubt. Yeah. You're, you're, he, he fancies crypto to dub. That's you. I you're guess all so. excited for candles of blood, red candles. 
Like you're all excited when it goes down. Oh, I get it. Okay. I didn't get that. So he's allowing him to now pronounce you Sir Buzzkill of the FUD. Actually, now that I think about this, I like it. Yeah. Now I get the candle joke uh, from a candle chart, which turns red when it goes down. Um, I'll give it a a, a B. A B. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I I thought it was pretty good. All right, let's take a look at the stocks. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. So you had a big hit last week, Varinka Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, it went it went up thirty one percent in one week. One week, fifteen and a half percent today. It's on its way. What do they do? Do we decide what they do? The, VR. No, I just was going by the charts. Something was fishy. VRCA uh, stock. Let's see what they do. Um, it's just another biotech company. I'm sure they got something coming up. Oh, I think they do have something. They're wait, awaiting some sort of an approval. You know, these things always kind of move, make a move just before something like that happens, and they skyrocket. They're uh, on 44 West Gay Street in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's not a good sign. <laughs> they develop and co- commercialize treatment for people with skin diseases in the United States. Uh, oh, yeah, I bet you this has something to do with monkeypox. I was thinking that. Uh, treatment of Mosculum contusculum. I don't know what that is. Genital warts. No, Genital warts. Yeah. It's also developing canthadrin-based product candidates for treating planter warts. It's they, a wart company. It's a warts. More warts. <laughs> warts. Also, a lot of warts in Japan. Something kind of Japanese. Some warts that they have in Japan. Oh, we don't want that over here. Can you imagine being the guy that does the research on this? Ew. Uh, <laughs> just no good. The wart expert. They are. They're I'd like to w- meet our wart expert. Yeah. Come to Gay Street. To the offices. Oh, okay. Um, so everything else is looking pretty steady. I mean, uh, let's see here. We closed out the uh, XLE for 24% gain, where I did the reversal on DIG. Uh, that's flat which is interesting as oil's come down so much, it's still flat. It was up as much as 6%. Warby Parker, you put on there, down 5.7%. Your uh, Facebook, um, which you said was a steal, up 3% from last week. Well, I think it's still a steal. A couple other steals, I got some new picks. Okay, I got one. Let me just throw mine out so then I can get yours as you're saying. Well, this is interesting. Oh, yeah, because my my why one of my longs is going to be JP Morgan Chase. Oh. So I had the point is why I say that is that, that I picked Bank of America because of peak pessimism. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Well, JP Morgan Chase also is a nice dividend. It's half the price it really normally would sell for in this kind of a business market. And it's it just looks like a winner. Now the, the screwy ones, besides I do want to put the that the um Contraception, not contraception, but abortion pill. 
Okay, so you got warts, abortion pills. <laughs> got a whole selection of stuff. And then I got one, the one well, I let really Let me put wanna... on Perigo. Hold on, you want Perigo yeah, on there. Yeah, Perigo, that's what it is. P-R, P-R-G-O. Let's see if that goes in here. Control V. Perigo comp. Yep, there it is. Okay, now, because I really feel like we should have more shorts on this list. I'm going to go short Hannon Armstrong. The hell is that? Yeah. What is it? That's what I said. It sounds like a, some kind of like a, a some kind of baking soda company. H A S I. Go short Hannon. This this okay. Hannon Armstrong is trading at twenty nine bucks right now, and you're going short. And it's been going down for a, a while. What's the reason? Uh, because Muddy Water says they said we're short this thing because it's a it's a phony baloney ESG operation that is going to collapse. Hmm. It's it's actually Hamstr- Hannon Armstrong Sustainable, Sustainable Infrastructure uh, Capital. Ah, uh, uh, down nineteen percent today. Yeah, I know it's just going down fast. Wow. So that one, Muddy Waters, the one before it was Perigo, was Abortion. Abortion. Um, was that right, right? That's it. That's what yeah, it is. Abortion pill. And uh, J.P. Morgan, same as mine, peak pessimism, right? Yeah, basically. Okay. Anything else? Or just slash bargain. All right, we'll just do bargain. No, I think that's going to have to do it. Okay, so that's tomorrow, 7-13. And we'll hopefully get the chat room if, if we can get some donations in. Otherwise, we're going to be sitting there with no chat. We need yeah, let's help. Get some donations, people. Yeah, we need to get the donations in. So just easily do this. All right, so we got Bank of America. Let me just get this colored correctly here. We have J.P. Morgan. We have Perigo for abortion, and we have Hannon Armstrong Sustainable BS. Yeah, there you go. There it is. All right, I'll see you again next week then. Okay, see you Tuesday. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. (laughs) Yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the icy stare because I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.